Bibles, open up to Colossians chapter number 2. Colossians chapter 2. And I want to preach on walking in faith this morning. And uh, before I do, I want to read this Thanksgiving proclamation. I read it in Sunday school. And so if you were in Sunday school, bear with me. We'll read it again. And, uh, and I, I think it's worth repeating. Uh, this is a proclamation put out by Abraham Lincoln in 1863. And uh, it amazes me uh, just what he wrote, what he said, and, and how he said it, and how important it is, and relevant even for today. And so, again, if you've already heard this in Sunday school, just bear with me. Uh, we'll read it again, and uh, repetition is, is good for learning, right? That's what all, every teacher knows that. So um, we'll read it one more time here. It says, uh, It is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God to confess their sins and transgressions in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history that those nations are blessed whose God is the Lord. We know that by His divine law, nations like individuals are subjected to, to punishments and chastisements in their world. May we not justly fear that the awful calamity of civil war, which now desolates the land, may be a punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sins to be the needful end of our national reformation as a whole people, we have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It has seemed to me fit and proper that God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And so what a tremendous piece that Abraham Lincoln wrote, that proclamation of thanksgiving. And what an important piece of our history that people wouldn't want us to remember, to be honest with you, because it mentions God and it mentions sin and it mentions repentance, but it is a part of our history, and, uh, and God has blessed our country, and uh, what a good thing to be reminded of that and to remember that, and to give thanksgiving to God as we did this week and should continue to do, because the Bible's full of thanksgiving. And so uh, I just thought that was good and thought I would share that with you. Colossians chapter number 2, I want to preach on walking 
in faith. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 6, the Bible says this, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Father, for your many blessings and your goodness to us. And God, thank you for uh, even Thanksgiving and a week of Thanksgiving and the fact that it is a holiday and we can pause in our life, Father, and recognize the many blessings that you've given to us. And God, truly, you have blessed us nationally. You've blessed us individually and family and as a church. And God, your blessings are so many in our life and we're thankful. Uh, for your many blessings. And God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me this morning as we look at this idea of walking in faith. And God, I pray that you would just give me the words to speak. And God, that you'd touch hearts as only you can. And Father, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As I was going over Tuesday night, we had pie and praise, and this verse popped up as one of the verses that I read in verse number seven. It says, rooted up, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And that verse just stuck in my mind and, and, uh, and I thought, boy, that's a, an important verse. And while it certainly deals with thanksgiving, uh, I want to take the whole context here of these few verses and really look at the idea uh, of what we're supposed to do because the Bible is very clear uh, of things that we're supposed to do in our life. And, uh, and sometimes, boy, as I've mentioned so many times, uh, it's easy to get off focus, it's easy to get off balance and lose track of what we're supposed to be doing. But in these verses, we're going to focus on walking in faith. And what exactly does that mean? Uh, and we can see clearly that uh, he's talking to saved people. I have to say that right up front because he says there in verse number 6, As ye have therefore received... Christ Jesus the Lord. Now what does that mean? He's talking about being saved, to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. Uh, and we know that. The Bible says in John 3, 16, well 3, 15, 16 and 17 and 18, he says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might have uh, or might be saved. And he that believeth in Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he starts right off here with this passage and he says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus... 
Well, how do you receive Christ Jesus? The Bible is very clear in John 3 that it's believing in Jesus Christ. It is putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And if you've not done that, uh, listen, that's the first thing. And that's what he's talking about. Uh, that you must be born again, as he said in John 3, 16. That you must be saved. That you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and certainly, once you do that, then he goes on and he says... As ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Now we're very clear that salvation is of grace by faith. It is certainly not by our works. And so we understand that faith uh, is, hey, that it's something uh, that, that we, you can't see. You didn't see Jesus. You didn't see Jesus die on the cross. You weren't there when He rose again from the dead. But you believe it. Why? Because it's written in the Word of God. And we have a written Word that, that shows it. But none of us have seen it. None of us were there. We believe it by faith. None of us have, uh, you can't see salvation. It's not like once you get saved, there's a physical uh, appearance that changes in your life. Though many times there is a change in your life and there ought to be a change in your life. But it's not instantaneous that comes over you and like, well, across his forehead is written, he's saved. Uh, there's no physical mark per se that says, well, that guy is saved. It's something that is by faith that takes place. It's something by faith that is maybe not uh, a physical that we can touch, that we can put our hand on and say, well, that is salvation. It is faith. And he says, as you have received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. And, and there's something about that walking by faith. There's something to that idea of, of, of having, uh, not being able to see. I was thinking, let me, one of you teenagers, one of you guys volunteer. Can I get a volunteer maybe in, nah. Aiden, come on up here. Aiden will help me out. Now, I, here's what I want you to do. Stay right there. And I want you from right there. I want you to walk over to this side of the platform. Piece of cake, right? Look, isn't he walking great? Awesome. You did a great job, man. All right, go back. Walk one more time across there. All right. Now, here's what I want you to do. Ready? Now, I want you to close your eyes. Wait, I need to have your mom sign a waiver form that if he gets hurt. And I'm just kidding. You're not going to get hurt. All right, I want you to close. I was going to bring a blindfold and I forgot it. So I want you to close your eyes. No peeking. Okay. And I want you to slowly, slowly, because I don't want you to fall off the side or anything, just walk straight across the platform. We'll just have you go halfway. No peeking. Keep your eyes closed. There's no tricks. It's just straight. You're doing a great job. Good job. You can stop right there. All right. You got halfway. Was that harder? Yeah, yeah that was hard. All right. Go, go back. Go back one more time. Okay. Now we're going to make this a little more difficult. Go all the way back just a little bit more onto the blue right there. Okay. Now. I want you to close your eyes, and wait, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put obstacles in your way, okay? And I want you, with your eyes closed, to walk across the platform. But I'm going to tell you where to go, 
Okay, so you don't have to do it by yourself, but you have to keep your eyes closed because I forgot my blindfold, all right? So, so I want you to close your eyes, all right? Just hold right there. I'm not going to make you spin or, or, or anything like that. I could do that, but then you might fall off the, uh, the side there, and that would be dangerous, and we don't want to be dangerous. So, all right, so I just, we're just going to have you walk uh, across, but no peeking, no peeking, and I'm going to uh, I'm gonna guide you, all right? So just take... Five small steps forward. There's nothing in your way there. Okay? Keep going. All right? I'm pretty bad with rights and lefts. Are you good with rights and lefts? Okay? I'm not good either, so we're, we're in a real mess here. You, you step half a... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, the whole left thing. Um, you take half a step to your left, just a half a step. Okay? Another half a step to your left. Okay, now come forward just a little bit. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Keep coming forward and reach to your right. There's a chair there. You see that? Yeah, there's your right. Okay, now keep coming forward. Keep coming forward. Keep coming to a stop right there. All right, now step to your left. We'll, we'll make it simple. One more half a step to your left. You're right at the railing. Okay, come forward. Come forward. All right, stop right there. All right, you did a good job. Look at the obstacle course you just navigated. All right, could you have done that with your eyes closed without, without me helping you? No, you, well, you could have, but you would have bounced off a few things. All right, thanks, Aiden. I appreciate your help. That's a silly illustration, but that's a true illustration of walking by faith. We, we, we take the idea of walking by sight. We walk every day by sight. We, we go out into the world, and I, 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 we were talking to my family. I was home for Thanksgiving, and my daughter, my poor daughter, Charity, she, she's a lot like me, and, uh, and she, she walks like I do. I mean, she said people at the dorms tell her, you walk with a purpose, and, uh, and, she, and I, I tend to do the same thing, man. I, if I'm walking, I'm, I'm walking as far as my pace will carry me. That's, as, that's how I walk, and, and, uh, and she walks the same, and so we kind of walk with a purpose, and, and when you have your eyes wide open, hey, we're accustomed to just walking like that. There's no problem with that. Matter of fact, that's normal. That's natural, but when, uh, when the lights go out, and I've been in the auditorium when the lights go out, I don't walk that fast. And I'll tell you why. I've bonked my leg on a pew a time or two in my lifetime, not necessarily in this auditorium, but in others, and left a big old bruise on my leg, and it hurts, and I don't like that. And so I tend to walk a lot slower when those lights are out. Just like when he closed his eyes, it was straight. There was nothing in his path, but you notice it took him a little bit longer. And it was not as easy, and he's kind of, you know, unsure of, of the next step. And then when you put obstacles in the way, it gets even more difficult because then he has to depend upon another voice to say, hey, move to the left a little bit, move to the right. Hey, there's something right in front of you. you got to be careful of that obstacle that's going to stand right there. And if you think about just that illustration in the fact of our life, the Bible says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. In other words, in this life, the Bible says that this word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It's kind of like the voice of God saying, hey, just step to the left a little bit. you got an obstacle in front of you. You need to go around it and then take a few more steps. And you notice I didn't give him all the instructions up front. I didn't say I want you to take five paces forward and then two paces to the left and then three paces forward and then another sidestep to the left twice and then 
five more. I, I, step by step, I was giving him instructions. If I would have gave him all of that, uh, he would have got confused at the beginning. It would have been too much, and that wasn't even very much walking. That was just a little uh, path that he was to trot. Listen, in our life, God's not going to shine a, a, a road map that says, hey, this is exactly where you're going, this is exactly where you're turning, but every time you get to a place in your life, he's going to say, hey, you need to slow down, slow down right here, you need to go to the left. You need to watch to the right. You need to be careful over here and you need to go to this way. And God is going to guide you in your life. And that's what makes it so difficult. By the way, if you've done that, you're like, man, I'd rather walk by faith. I'd, ra I'd rather, excuse me, walk by sight. Why? Because it's easier. It is easier. I mean, I could have moved all those obstacles up here, and I could have said, hey, Aiden, why don't you walk through all those obstacles? He could have done it twice as fast instead of me dictating him, uh, you know, take this many steps or do this or go to this side or to that side. He could have done it far easier. Uh, but listen, God has commanded us not to walk by sight, but rather to walk by faith. As ye have received Jesus, uh, Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And listen, the life of a Christian is that of faith. And it's amazing to me how quick we are and easy to uh, accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, but how far different it is when, we, when we're commanded to walk in faith. I listed some examples here of people that have walked in faith, and we're not going to go through the entire story, but listen, and the, the uh, Hebrews chapter number 11, uh, the Bible says that Abel, by faith, offered unto um, God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. What about Enoch? He walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. What about Noah? The Bible says, by faith, Noah built an ark, uh, and, and he moved with fear, and, and he did that. What about Abraham? Abraham, by faith, left his home country and went looking for a land that God didn't tell him. And what I'm saying is, those are examples that God said, hey, this is by faith. Noah had never seen an ark before. Abraham did not know where he was going. Abel, uh, God had said, listen, this is the way you do it, and I want you to offer a sacrifice. And so Abel, in simple faith, said, well, that's what God said, and that's what I'm going to do in my life. Enoch, by faith, walked with God. And listen, I don't know that he had examples. What does it mean to walk with God? Well, it means to depend on God in your life and to walk in faith. And Enoch did that, Abel did that, Noah did that, Abraham did that. Listen, by faith, we need to live our life. We need to read our Bible in faith. What do you mean read your Bible in faith? Listen, you can read your Bible, read a couple chapters and read through it, but then there's another thing saying, God, I want to hear from you. I don't want to just read and check off Genesis 1 through 3, okay, I got that done. Genesis 4 through 6, okay, I got that done. But rather I want to hear you uh, speak to my life and direct me and help me and strengthen me. Uh, we need to pray by faith. Uh, say, you know, it's one thing, I, the world, it seems like lately, the world it, it adopts all of our, t all of our terms and, and things of that nature. And, and boy, even the world will say, well, you know, we need to pray. What is prayer? Prayer is talking to God in faith 
believing that he's going to hear our prayers and answer our prayers uh, because, hey, we know that we're talking to God and we need to have faith in our prayers. We need to have uh, faith in, in giving our offering and, and attending church and, and doing all of the things that we are supposed to do. And sometimes, you know, maybe God will ask you to do something that you're not used to doing. Maybe God will lead you in a, in a direction that uh, you say, man, that's kind of scary. Maybe God will say, hey, I want you on Tuesday night. That was in the past. Next Tuesday for pie and praise next year to give a testimony. Talk in front of people. Everyone's looking at me. I don't know that I could do that. Maybe God would, would say to you, hey, I want you to teach a Sunday school class. You mean stand up in front of people and teach? I, I don't know that I could do that. Listen, that is stepping out by faith and saying, I don't know that I could do it, but if God wants me to do it, I'm willing to do what he wants me to do. That's walking by faith. That's saying, hey, I'm going to take the next step uh, and do what God wants me to do. Uh, you look at the disciples, and listen, the disciples were just fishermen, most of them. Some of them were other things. Uh, Luke was a doctor and Matthew was a tax collector. But by and large, they were, they were fishermen. And listen, God asked them to do many things uh, that they weren't comfortable to do. And in the, in the case of Peter, matter of fact, he, he asked God if he could step out of the boat. You know what? How many people did Peter see walk on the water before? None. Well, Jesus, I guess. That's it. He didn't see no other disciples do it. He didn't know how to do it. He didn't know what that first step was going to be like. He didn't know how it was going to happen. He just said, hey, you know what? If God, if that's you, I want to be able to come to you, and I want to be able to do that. And he stepped out by faith. Uh, what about when the disciples were there, and, uh, and, and Jesus had all the men, 5,000 men, the Bible says, sit down, and he gave them, uh, they, they had five loaves and two small fishes. And God told his disciples, okay, make all the men sit down and then take this bread and start giving it out. The disciples are like, man, I, I've never served 5,000 people before. And I've never served five, I've never served 1,000 people with one loaf of bread. I mean, you think about it. They, they were kind of in a quandary and, and, uh, and people may have been looking at the disciples like, hey, you know, if I don't get my bread, buddy, I'm not going to be happy. A stand between a man and his food, okay? That's not the place to be. And, and those disciples were, were thinking, man, I, I've got I've to do this. And it was an act of faith for them to break off and serve all of that bread and go out and do what they did. How about the fact that Jesus told his disciples, hey, go out two by two and go preach to other people. And the disciples, I mean, these were fishermen. They hadn't gone in through the streets and preached and proclaimed Jesus Christ. This was new for them. And what I want us to see and what I want us to understand is, listen, Jesus will ask his disciples to do things that they're not used to doing and is different for their life. And what I'm saying is we're very comfortable starting over here, rushing through life with everything normal. But when you close your eyes and you got to walk by faith, then on top of that you throw obstacles in and difficulties and hardships and things that go on that we don't expect. And God's saying, okay, I want you to take a step to the left. Okay, I want you to take three steps forward. Okay, I want you to just keep listening to me. In our life we get frustrated. We say, man, I wish I would just open my eyes. I'm just going to go. It'll be faster. 
And we become impatient with God. And we don't wait on God. And we don't look for God's commands. We don't listen for God's commands. Because honestly, it's easier to live life by sight than it is by faith. But it's not what God has commanded us to do. He says right here, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him by faith. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. I want you to notice, not only are we to walk in faith, but look what he says there in verse number 7. He says, Rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Not only are we to walk in faith, but we are to be well-established in that faith. Rooted carries with it the idea of being established uh, and being faithful and being grounded and being something that is not going to change. And, and listen, sometimes uh, we slip away from God and we've got to reestablish our roots with the Lord Jesus Christ. And not that we lose our salvation, uh, but we lose focus of what we're doing. Or maybe we open our eyes and start to walk and live by sight again. And we need to say, you know what, God? I want to live by faith as you've commanded me. And I need to be rooted and I need to be, uh, I need to be as it says, established in the faith. And we've, over the past year, I would say, I, not just, I'm talking about in general, Christianity has slipped tremendously. I'm just saying, I've, we've watched churches go from Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night services, and then all of a sudden, uh, because of COVID and because everyone had to shut down and because of all that is going on, that, that people are saying, hey, we're not going to have a Wednesday night service, and, and, and churches that are saying, hey, we're not going to have a Sunday night service, and, and we're not going to do this. And listen, I understand for a while that there was it was necessary. I understand that uh, a lot of people were unsure sure what was taking place. I get that. I'm not faulting that. But what I'm saying is it's developed into a pattern. It's developed into a habit that we are no longer rooted and we are no longer established in our faith like we once were. And we've allowed some things to slip. And I'm just saying, the Word of God is very clear that we ought to be well-established in the Word of God. And he goes on in that verse, and he says, "...rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught." Listen, there is a great deal of teaching that goes on. There is a tremendous amount of teaching uh, that is required. Look back in Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 7. He says, As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant. And he's saying, listen, that there was teaching that is going on. And I'm just saying that there is a lot uh, that, it, that is to be taught. And they had been taught. And Paul was commending them for having learned the things that they did. And 2 Timothy 2.2, the Bible says, And the things which thou hast learned of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And I'm just saying that, hey, there is a great deal of teaching that goes on that needs to be taught. I was taught my whole life. And I thank God for that. I am, I, am, I am so grateful 
that my parents were saved when they got married and that they were always faithful in church. I'm grateful for that. And I'm just saying there is something about being established in your, uh, in your faith and being grounded in, in coming to church and learning. Listen, you'll never get to a point where, where you stop learning. And if you do, you're in trouble. The Apostle Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are in the past and striving, uh, pushing uh, to those things that are before. I forget the exact word, but I know this, that Paul, one of the greatest, in my opinion, one of the greatest apostles in the Bible said, hey, I have not arrived. I'm still growing in my faith. And listen, if he's still growing in his faith, how much more am I lacking in my faith? How much more do I have to grow? And I'm just saying in my lifetime, we will not attain. Uh, I will not attain. Uh, we will continue to strive. We need to continue to learn. Uh, go with me to Titus chapter number 2. Save your spot here in Colossians as we'll be back here. But Titus chapter number 2, I was thinking about these verses. They've been on my heart and mind for a, a while now. Titus chapter number 2. So Paul is encouraging this church to go forward. And, and he says here in Titus chapter number 2, he says in verse number 1, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Then he goes on and he says, listen to this, That the aged man be so grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise, that they uh, be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, Keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. And he goes on and he's just talking about teaching and, and he gives their example of how the, uh, the older ladies are to teach the younger ladies. And I'm just saying there is a great deal of teaching that needs to go on to learn the Word of God. It's not, hey, just automatic that when you get saved, well, you know, now I know exactly everything I'm supposed to do. No, Paul said, uh, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I'm just saying there is a great deal of learning uh, that goes on in the word of God. There's a great deal of learning that goes on in this church as we teach the different classes. You know why we have a class for the younger and, uh, and then the older and then the, uh, the teens and college career? Because, listen, they all learn at different levels. We have adult Sunday school class. Why? Because we teach at a different level. We teach things that would be appropriate for each class and for each group because they need to learn the Word of God. There's a great deal of teaching that goes on. It goes on Sunday morning at Sunday school. It goes on Sunday morning at the worship hour. It goes on Sunday night as we go through the book of, uh, of Romans. It goes on on Wednesday night as we go through the book of Proverbs and, 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 and we learn and we teach the Word of God. We have classes for the young people on Wednesdays. Why do we do that? We do that because we want to teach the Word of God. And it's important. He goes on and he says there in Colossians 2.7, rather, he says, uh, As ye have been taught. Listen, we don't need 
new teaching. We need to just keep teaching what we've been teaching. Paul doesn't say, go find new material. Matter of fact, he warns us many times of every wind of doctrine and every slay of man that would change people and, and, and take people here and there. But he goes on and on and says, hey, listen, go back to what you have been taught. Just stick to the old paths. Just stick to the Word of God, the things that you've learned. Just stick to the things that have been taught. And he's saying, hey, as ye have been taught, be established in your faith. Listen, maybe some things have slipped, and you need to reestablish where you're at with the Lord. Go back to where what you were taught and what you've learned in the Lord Jesus Christ. I like this. At the end he says, not only what you've been taught, but he says, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Boy, there's a lot of people that serve God out of a begrudging heart. Well, and I got to do this. I don't want to, but I got to do this. He talks about that in Corinthians, about giving with a begrudging attitude. He said, God loveth a cheerful giver. Well, I got to give my offering. I don't want to, but got to give my offering. Well, I got to go to church. Well, I got to sing the song. Well, I got to do this. Well, I got to do that. He's saying, hey, with thanks. He said, abounding therein with thanksgiving, saying, man, I get to serve the Lord. I get to do this. I have the opportunity and the privilege to serve the Lord in this capacity that God has entrusted in me, a place that I could serve Him and be thankful and be joyful for every opportunity that God gives us to be able to serve Him and abound therein with thanksgiving. He's saying, don't just be rooted and grounded. Well, this is where God placed me, so I guess I got to stay here. Guess I got to do it. No, he says, abounding with thanksgiving. Be well established. Be walking in your faith. And listen, how important it is to do it with gladness. We talked, all these verses we read on Tuesday night uh, were, were such a blessing. At least they were to me. I hope they were to you. Psalm 122, 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Boy, that's the, that's the attitude we need. Psalm 102 says, serve the Lord with gladness, come before His presence with thanksgiving. And, and what a joy it is uh, that, that we need to learn how to serve the Lord with gladness and be grateful for the opportunity that we have and, and, and be able to serve Him uh, not begrudgingly, but happily. It's sad, I'm not saying this is true in our church, but it's sad when they're happier at Chick-fil-A to give you a chicken sandwich than somebody else is to give you a gospel track. My pleasure, they say. I read, uh, it was a funny, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a funny thing and, and it was meant to be funny. They said, yeah, for, for church training, we will all be gathering at Chick-fil-A on Sunday afternoon after church and go through their training course of friendliness and and, and it's true, they, they really train and work on those kind of things. And I'm just saying, hey, that the Lord wants us to be joyful and abound with thanksgiving. We don't have to be, you don't have to be in a drudge to serve the Lord. You don't have to be long-faced to be able to serve the Lord. Listen, I, I don't even think that he uh, is glad about that. I think he's happy when people serve him with thanksgiving. We ought to walk in faith. We ought to be well established and rooted in our faith 
That's what we live. That's what we believe. That's what we've been taught. With thanksgiving. And then he goes on in verse 8 and he says, watch out. We don't have time to go through these, but he says there in verse number 8, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. Man, how this world will ruin a Christian with philosophy. Say, hell, what about this? And they'll run you through all these philosophies and all these ideas and all this higher learning and higher education. And I'm not against education. I, God's, Paul said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. I believe you ought to study. I believe you ought to learn. But their philosophies are not God's ways. And God's ways are not their philosophies. There's a vast difference between what the world teaches and what God teaches. And I'm just saying that the world will mess people up with their philosophies. And I'm just saying, I'm just going to put this out there, that the, the, the world has their hand on everything that influences our life in 2021 on a regular basis. You flip the TV on, it's the world that's tainted everything that comes in through there. You turn the radio on, it's the world's philosophy that's tainted everything that comes through the radio. You, you get on the internet and you look stuff up, the world's philosophy is tainted everything that comes in. And, and I'm just telling you that we need to be aware. And he's saying, beware lest any man spoil you through the philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world. He's saying, listen, you need to beware that is out there and, and that the world will say, ha, ah, it's too much for you to serve the Lord. It's too much for you to do this. It's too much and the world will spoil uh, what God has tried to establish in your life because they are contrary and they don't go together. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3.17 Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things, beware lest ye also being led away with the air of the wicked fall from your steadfastness. And I'm just saying the world is vastly against the word of God and righteousness and they're constantly hounding and pulling, pulling at the Christian to try and get them away from godliness and righteousness and what is right. And I'm just saying, God gave us a warning. He said, watch out, beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of the men. Who's he talking to? He's talking to those who are established rooted in the faith, that we need to be careful, that we would beware, that we would watch out, and that we would understand, hey, those things are contrary to the Word of God. We need to walk in faith. We need to be well-established and rooted in the things that we have been taught with thanksgiving. And then lastly, we need to watch out because there are many things that will ruin a Christian's faith. There's many things that will draw a Christian away from God. And they'll say, hey, just open your eyes. It's a lot easier. Just walk by sight. It's a lot easier. It's a lot faster. You don't have to worry about faith and listening for the voice that's trying to give you instructions. But God says, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him. Rooted, established in your faith. That's the way we need to walk. That's the way we need to live our life. We need to beware.
of the philosophies and the rudiments of the world that's pulling us away. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as we stand to our feet, Father, we thank you for your word. God, that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That God, you will direct us, you will help us, you will strengthen us. And God, certainly there's obstacles in this world, there's obstacles in life. God, I pray that you would help us to trust in you. I pray, Father, that you would help us to reestablish our life after the way we've been taught. And to do so, God, not begrudgingly, but thankful, abounding with thanksgiving. Because, God, I know that living a life of faith is rewarding. You said so in Hebrews 11. You said, that you're a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. God, help us to beware of the philosophies, traditions, rudiments that are in the world that would pull us away. Help us to live for you. Help us to walk with you. Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, if God spoken to your heart, the altar is open. Established there that only God 